you guys. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me today for the Off the Bench podcast. I'm going to spend some time answering a question from a mom who is frustrated because there's so much bickering and discontent in her home. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying this, the most wonderful time of the year, and that you are sending me your Christmas cards. And I mean it. I really want to hear from you. 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington. Yes, I'm still here. 98682. We would love to hear from you. And hopefully, uh, send us pictures of your family. I would, I will want to pray for you. It's really fun to watch. They're already starting to come in. The Christmas cards that adorn the walls here at Firmly Planted Family. We are thankful for you. Thankful for your investment into this ministry. Thankful to get to partner in prayer with you and just thankful for what God is doing and is going to continue to do as we wrap up 2022. All right. I got a really interesting question that was very well-timed the other day here at the show from a mom who's frustrated because her kids are bickering. And we're going to start a brand new study called, uh, it's it's called Peace Be Still. It's examining the, the promise of God that when we walk with him, we can live a peace-filled life no matter what we're facing, no matter what's happening around us, no matter what kind of a turmoil is circling around us. The Bible says that we can be at peace as uh, children of the Lord. So we're gonna study that for a few weeks in December. It's a wonderful study to wrap up the year because like I told you guys yesterday, I think that wintertime time is an awesome opportunity to just rest and recalibrate and prepare for the next season of ministry that God's going to call you to. And so uh, before I wrap up the Bible study, I'm going to show you, for those of you guys who are watching on YouTube, this is a picture of the study that we are wrapping up right now. It's called The Peaceful Fruit of Righteousness, Principles for Every Season of Parenting. And we do studies like this, and I'll try to show you every single month here at the Heidi St. John Podcast. And when this one came in, when this question came in from a listener, I thought, you know, I'm going to give you just a little bit of a glimpse into the, the the studies that we produce every single month at Mom Strong International. So the whole reason that I do Mom Strong International is to equip you in the Word of God, because the Bible says that we should be ready in season and out of season to give an answer for the hope that lies within us, that we are called to train and teach our children in righteousness. And there's a lot of going around where, you know, we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing as parents in terms of staying in there with our kids. So I'm going to read the question to you from this tired mama in Wisconsin. Dear Heidi, any advice for parents of middle school age children? They have three boys who have put in the years of shepherding, disciplining, and raising their kids to know God. And it all seems to be for nothing. Our home is sadly full of constant bickering and fighting between the three boys. And although we try to stay on top of breaking up fights or teaching them how to speak kindly to each other, it frankly doesn't seem to be making a difference. I tear up when I hear you say that we must require our kids to obey because this is our job as designed by God. Well, Heidi, I've tried. I feel like I have to channel the wisdom of Solomon each day to know how to be the peacemaker between our boys. What do you do when you've tried everything to require obedience and promote peace in your home and it just isn't happening? I feel like a failure and I'm tired in Wisconsin. So first of all, mom, thank you for writing into me. You are not alone. I think there are a lot of moms right now as we come into what is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year whose homes are also full of bickering and arguing. 
Uh, you have middle school age children. And so I'm assuming these are boys that are right around, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. And they are still very much under your authority. In other words, if you see that they are constantly bickering, I mean, I'm a huge fan of chores. I'd be having my kids doing so many chores, they wouldn't have time to bicker. And I think in a lot of ways, when you feel like you're messing up, you probably aren't doing as bad of a job as you think you are. For every mom who's uh, who's failing, who feels like she's failing right now, you've probably got some pretty great kids coming up. So don't, don't let that discourage you. I'm going to give you a couple of just, uh, in, I hope, pointers today from the Bible. And I'm going to go to the Bible study that I just wrote. And I don't know if you're doing it with me or not, but I want to encourage you to do it. If you guys have not signed up, the new one starts December 5th. And so until December 5th, if you sign up right now, you will get the uh, the November study and you're going to get the new study. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Uh, Church Spurgeon said something I thought was really good. And I, I wrote this down and I want to read it to you. He said, let no Christian parents fall into the delusion that Sunday school is intended to ease them of their personal duties. The first and most natural condition of things is for Christian parents to train up their own children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that you're not doing that. This is for an encouragement for, for all the parents who are like, oh, my kids go to Sunday school. I have said many times, I don't know why we're thinking that we can send our kids to Sunday school for one hour a week and it's going to undo seven other or six other days of the week that we are not training our kids up in righteousness. Ephesians chapter six, verses one to four says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and the mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it might go well with you and that you might live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. In Second Timothy, Paul giving a charge to young Timothy as he's getting ready to go out onto uh, the mission field, which is really what he's been training for his whole life. Paul gives him this instruction. He says, talking to Timothy, you have been taught by the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what's wrong with our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do right. And so I want to start there because your your wisdom is going to come short. I mean, you, you just said that. I, I feel like you're you're falling short in your own wisdom. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking your children back to the Bible and even though they're in middle school now, you have a responsibility as their mother to just continue. Don't grow weary, mama. Stay in there, stay in there, stay in there. Because I promise you, it's the Bible that God uses through the Holy Spirit. It corrects us, as Paul was just saying, when we are wrong and teaches us to do what's right. And it's a precious thing for us to understand the power of our words. And your children need to know the power of their words. And when you see them using words that are unkind, using words that are uh that are sarcastic, you have a responsibility then to correct them. And I don't know what's going on in your home in terms of, you know, what uh, what you can use as a way to speak their language, or as I'm always telling parents, sort of the currency. So I want to figure out what is the currency of my five-year-old, because my five-year-old is maybe going to respond a little bit differently than my 13-year-old and and so on and so forth. And so we want to go at it with that with that heart to say, Lord, help me to get to the heart of my child. Because really, at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do. Proverbs 15, verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
Philippians 2.14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. So if you see your children grumbling and arguing and bickering, they're basically doing the opposite of what God says they're supposed to do in in his word. And so it's your responsibility then to make sure that they are, uh, that they understand that what they're doing is wrong before the Lord. I asked you guys in uh, in the Bible study this week, and I'm just going to look at page 65. So again, uh, mom, you tired mama in Minnesota. This is coming from the study I just wrote. Again, I'll show it for I'll show it to you for those of you who are watching on YouTube. It's called the Peaceful Fruit of Righteousness, and I'm going to turn really quickly for those of you who do have this at home to page 65. And if you look at James chapter three verses one to eleven, uh, there's a a lot of encouragement for tired moms. So for just a minute, let's look at. James chapter three, verses one to two. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle his whole body. Do you guys notice that the first word that he says, not many of us should become what? Teachers. Not many of us should become teachers. Why? Because we're going to be held to greater account. Every single one of you that's listening to this right now, if you're a parent, You're a teacher and the Lord holds us responsible for how we train and teach our children. So if you have children that are living in your home, that are disrespectful, that are argumentative, that are uh, that are cruel and uh, disobedient, that is your responsibility to continue to train them in righteousness, even though you are exhausted. And I hear it in your voice. I saw this definition of motherhood at a website called Hello Motherhood. You guys listen to this. The meaning of being a mother is virtually endless. A mother is a protector, a disciplinarian, and a friend. A mother is a selfless, loving human who must sacrifice many of their wants and needs for the wants and needs of their children. A mother works hard to make sure that her child is equipped with the knowledge, skills, and abilities to make it as a, com- as a competent human being. Being a mother is perhaps the hardest, most rewarding job a woman will ever experience. And if I could sum it up this way, I would say a mother is her child's first teacher. And so if we take serious our role as training up our children, according to Proverbs 22, 6, then we're going to be tired. I I wish there was an easy button for mothering, but I'm telling you right now, mama, if your kids are at home and they're bickering and they're driving you crazy, you're not alone. I want to encourage you to stay in there. God takes your role seriously, especially when it comes to your children. Uh, Matthew 8, 18 verses 1 to 6. and verse 6, it says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. So God puts a very high uh, value on training up children. And I was thinking about some of the ways that we can cause our children to stumble. And I'm going to get to your question. I know you're like, why is she going this way? Bear with me. So I wrote down a couple of things that uh, have been, I've noticed in my own life that I have made my kids uh, struggle, setting a bad example for one of them. Maybe I've not given them the right instruction. Maybe I gave up before I should have given up because I was tired. Maybe I've allowed my children to watch or listen to ungodly things. Maybe I've misled them about their worth before the Lord. And it's important for us as parents to take the time and assess. Are we causing our kids to stumble in any way? And be, keep thinking about that. Let's read, uh, continue on in James. It says in verse three, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they will obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. 
Look at the ships also. They are large and driven by strong winds, and they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. The forest that is being set ablaze in your home right now is being set ablaze in your heart as frustration against your boys for their constant bickering. Not a bad thing for you to tell this to your kids because the Bible is teaching us that although our words might be few, like we talked about yesterday, they can inflict terrible damage. And we want to be very, 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 very careful. I I read this to you guys yesterday. I'm going to read it again. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set up among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. Wow. So what words are you using with your children when you correct them? This is where we kind of have to stop and go, okay, my kids are driving me crazy. Is there anything in my life that God's going to ask me to correct before I can correct what's happening in the lives of my children? Because like I've told you guys before, your kids are not listening to you nearly so much as they are watching you. And so once you know, okay, I've done everything I could in the lives of my of my children in my life to make sure that my example is correct, then it's time to turn your attention to your children. If you're homeschooling those children, And they are the ages that I think they are, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. There is nothing wrong with you taking off a day or a week or a month and saying, we're going to we're going to work on character training with you guys. We're not going to do math right now, because I'm telling you what the most important thing that you will ever do is train your children in righteousness. It matters very little if our kids are full of head knowledge and we've done all the book learning that we can do. And and our kids, you know, they know the history of the United States and they can tell you the Pythagorean theory. If they're unwise and their heads are filled with knowledge and they don't respect their parents and they don't respect each other, it'll be for nothing. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. All right, so before I end today, I want to take you, for those of you who have the study, to uh, page 69, where we were talking about what the Bible says that words are supposed to be used for. This is a great illustration for you to give to your boys. The Bible teaches that our words should be primarily used to build up and not to tear down. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion. Why? That it might give grace to those who listen. So this starts first with parents. We have to be able to do this. And then we have to require and even demand it of our children. And I have had, you know, many children in my home over the years that have had trouble with this. And I would tell you right now that having them write out God's word talking with you. As soon as you see it, mama, you're going to have to put a stop to it. And I hope that you're talking to your husband about this as well, because the bickering that happens with boys, some of it's just natural. Like if they're bickering once in a while, that's fine. But if they're constantly at each other, if they're constantly uh, disobeying you in their bickering, you've got bigger heart issues that you need to address. So Paul is very serious about the words that we use. And he was giving uh, how much unwholesome talk does Paul let slide? in his admonition to to, uh, to those who are listening. How much uh, unwholesome talk? Looks to me as I'm looking at the verse here, none. 
He wants our words like stones to be used for building others up instead of tearing them down. So uh, the the Living Bible paraphrases Proverbs 11, 9 this way. It says, evil words destroy, godly skills rebuild. And I love that. So uh, I would be encouraging you to start rooting out, ask the Lord to help you. And maybe that is what you're doing for the month of December. Maybe for the month of December, sort of your month of rest from from schoolwork, especially if you're a homeschool mom. It's one of the reasons I love homeschooling. It's going to give you an opportunity to say, hey, look at us. We got to have an attitude adjustment. Maybe the attitude adjustment is we're going to build gingerbread houses today. Maybe the attitude adjustment is we're going to we're going to spend some time working on something together that requires teamwork that is taking you out of the normal uh, every day of your family and doing something a little bit different. I want to just end, I guess, today. There's a whole bunch of verses that you guys can can look up. Proverbs 10, 21, uh, Proverbs 25 or 12, 25. It says the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Uh, in Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healthy to the body. Uh, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. And it's fine for you to say, you guys are, be- you're being a fool. You're being a fool. And this is the, this is the biblical definition of a fool. So addressing the disobedience, because if you've asked your children to, uh, to, obey you and you've said, hey, enough is enough of the bickering. Now, can I just, I'm going to say this really quickly because I don't know your family enough. I don't want to give you the impression that there was never, that there was never bickering in my home or never uh, uh, fits of anger in my home or my kids don't ever yell at each other or that I've never yelled at my kids. I don't want to give you guys this impression that somehow in the St. John house, we've got it all figured out because that is not the case, right? And I think as long as we're as long as we're breathing, we're going to have issues with our own sin nature. The question is whether or not we are going to grow weary in doing good or we're going to we're going to rein our own hearts in and our own tongues in and then we are going to require that our children do the same. I want to end just talking about sarcasm because I think sarcasm is sort of this thing that's very acceptable right now. But the Bible actually has a lot to say about sarcasm. And I just want to encourage you, as the Lord's been encouraging me, maybe not the best thing to model for your kids. And I wrote this uh, on page 71 in the Bible study at MomStrong International for uh, for the month of December. So or for the month of November, sorry. Sarcasm is acceptable to most Christians in the culture today. Sarcasm, of course, is the use of irony, saying one thing and meaning another in a biting, hurtful way. And there's a place for sarcasm, but when I'm seeing when kids use it against each other in the home or when you see there's constantly um, coarse talk or sarcasm going back and forth between siblings, then it actually becomes detrimental. I remember a long time ago that a teacher of mine saw me being sarcastic with another classmate and he said, Heidi, always remember this when you are being sarcastic with somebody. To every joke, there's an element of truth. Because you can say something kind of rude and snarky and they go, ah, I was just kidding, you know. But to every joke, we all know this, there's an element of truth. And God gives parents, especially, uh, I think, unique insight into the hearts of their children. And so if you see that this is a habit in one of your child, uh, in one of your children, in the way that they speak to each other, Address it because God would have us not do that. Sarcasm can be similar to satire, but they're not the same. Satire mocks and exposes foolish behavior by using irony. Think uh, the Babylon Bee. But sarcasm, so that's satire, right? Using irony to mock something and make fun of it. Sarcasm has a biting to it, like a tone. 
that is actually hurtful and does uh, and does damage. And so I just want to encourage you. Keep the sarcasm, especially between siblings, to a minimum. And if you're doing this with your kids or if husband and wife are doing it to each other, you're setting an example for your children. That's going to be hard for them to overcome as they get older. Matthew 5, 22, but I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you are a fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So what do we know about Jesus's view? This is Jesus, by the way, of sarcasm. He wasn't a fan. And so I think we make uh, exception for our children. Sometimes we allow them to get away with things in our homes that maybe we shouldn't. And then later on, it kind of comes back to bite us. And I know that you're tired, but there really is a more excellent way. At the end of the study this month, I listed a few things that I found online uh, at bouncebackparenting.com. It was a list of encouraging things to say to kids. You guys learn how to speak life to your children. Do your kids know how much you love them? Are you using your words to build your children up? Are you using your words to build uh, your spouse up? Wives, are you respecting your husbands with your words? We talked about this a little bit yesterday. There is life or death in the power of the tongue. And as we enter into the very last month of the year, as we're talking about the birth of Jesus and why it's so important that that we pause and we celebrate and we're thankful and we remember what God has done for us in sending Jesus Let's also take a stock of the things that we say. We need to be using our tongues to build other people up and encourage people who are listening to our words because there is power in our words. The tongue carries with it great power. So do your kids know that you love them? Does your husband know how uh, handsome you think he is? Have you, have you mentioned lately how much you love his big muscles? Have you said, hey, I'm so thankful that I'm married to you? Do your kids know how much God loves them. Have you looked at your daughters and said, I I think you're beautiful. Do your sons know how thankful you are that God gave them to your family? These are the things that we need to be telling our children. So while we're correcting our children, we are also demonstrating by our, by our own words how they should talk to each other. If you guys haven't yet joined up to study the Bible with me, you can do that by going to momstronginternational.com. The next study that's coming out, as I told you, is called Peace Be Still. We're wrapping up the peaceful fruit of righteousness. It is my joy to teach the Bible to hundreds and hundreds of moms and grandmothers and just women who want to know the word every single month at momstronginternational.com. I hope you guys will check it out. In the meantime, don't forget, write it down on your list. I would love to hear from you. Send me some snail mail. And if you guys would like to support the podcast, we would love that as well. And you can write to me. Heidi St. John, care of Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. You guys, we love you and we're so thankful that you listened to the show. Thank you for leaving reviews for it at iTunes. If you've got a question that you'd like addressed at the show, you can write to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow with a very special guest at the intersection of faith.